Hi, I'm TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I ask that you like, share, and comment on this video. Thanks for watching. All I got to say is, who that? I'm just a sexy day. Sexy day. Hit him with that pump. I'm just a sexy day. Sexy day. Hit him with that pump. Perfect. I make them hot. Defenses shiver. They knees get weak. So they ask around. What about his height? What about his stats? But I'm Jake Hayner, and I'm screaming, ooh, that, I'm just a sexy Jake. Sexy Jake. Hit him with that pump fake. Pump fake. I'm just a sexy Jake. Sexy Jake. Hit him with that pump fake. Pump fake. Ooh, that nation. Hands off the merchandise. these tears for you it's all dog around this mug i'm good Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. On this edition, we're going to be talking about wide receiver Hunter Winfro and should the Saints make a trade uh, for the very talented wide receiver. We're also going to be uh, reading your questions and your comments 
Uh, also going to be talking a little bit about OTAs uh, has kicked off today down in New Orleans. Uh, some of the storylines coming out of there, who showed up, who didn't show up, and how this could affect the season. But uh, if you are here, I ask that you hit the like button. I ask that you hit the subscribe button if you're new. Thank you all so much. Really do appreciate it. But let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk a little bit about Hunter Renfro. I'm pretty sure a lot of you know who he is. Uh, uh, you don't have to, uh, you know, follow the Raiders like that to know who Hunter Renfro is. Uh, he's a very talented wide receiver. Uh, he's from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, I know him quite well, you know, watching him, you know, as, as a youth, uh, family members and stuff like that, be around the area wearing his jersey. But he went to Clemson. Uh, he left Clemson, uh, was drafted. Uh, in 2019 by the then Oakland Raiders uh, and has really been a valuable asset offensively for the Raiders, especially when it comes to the slot. Now, he's not the guy that's going to be the biggest in the room. He's not going to be the fastest in the room. He's not even going to be the strongest in the room. But one thing about Hunter Renfro, every single play, uh, he, he gives it his all. He was like that when he was at Clemson, and he was that way playing for the Raiders. Now, last year, he, he dealt with some injuries. Um, you know, the, the fact is uh, he was dealing with a concussion uh, week two. Uh, he ended up having two fumbles in the game, unfortunately. But one of the fumbles, uh, he was knocked out of the game by Isaiah Simmons. And uh, he was put on IR. And, you know, he, he had like an up and down year. It wasn't his best year statistically. Um, so I know some people probably look at his, his stats and his numbers from last year and be like, no, I don't think so. But he had 36 receptions for 330 yards and two touchdowns. But I'm, I'm more focused on uh, the 2021 season when he had 103 catches for 1,038 yards. You know, when I look at Hunter Renfro, he reminds me a, a lot of that that Jordy Nelson, uh, Cooper Cup type receiver, a guy that you can line up in a slot, uh, is not going to shy away from, uh, you know, uh, physicality. He's not concerned about that. He's just trying to go and get the football. And um, sometimes, you know, he can put himself in harm's way because he wants it a little bit more. But I, I, I like the energy that he comes with. And I, I like the talent that he is. And I know that when you look at the Saints wide receiver room, the first thing we start thinking about is, well, look at all the guys that they have in there already. But we have learned over the course of time uh, a, a, a wide receiver room or a linebacker room or a tight end room or a quarterback room can start off looking a certain way but as time goes on, injuries occur, uh, things happen, production dropped by some guys, some guys that you think is going to take that extra step don't end up making it, and you find yourself with a huge void. And for the last few years, we, we've been victims of that huge void as Saints fans and onlookers, right? Because the guys that you thought were going to be extremely productive for the New Orleans Saints when it came to the wide receiver room, then they'll be, you know, being plagued with injuries or not being available. But with Hunter Renfro, I think that he would be a great addition to the New Orleans Saints, not just because Derek Carr has a rapport with him. That that's beyond my my thought pattern. I'm mostly focused on the production that he can bring and something I feel like the Saints have been missing for quite some time. You know, that that slot receiver that can go out there, that can move the chains on third down a, a guy that can go out there and, and make a play when uh your number one receiver is being bracketed did hunter renfro checks all those boxes and i just think that when i look at the saints 
a lot of talented guys, but Hunter Renfro to me is a lot more talented than a lot of these guys that we are trusting to fill a void in the slot. And I just think that if you were to add him to the team, it will be a plus and he will give you instant production. Now, do I think that he will give you 103 catches and 1,038 yards like he did in 2021? No, I don't. But I don't I don't think you have to look for that. Now, if he's giving you that, that means that somebody got hurt again. So if he he can give you that, then that that would be great, right? And and also the fact that he has done that in the past can be helpful. But I'm not looking for him to be that thousand yard receiver. But if he can be five, six hundred yards, you know, maybe like six, you know, six touchdowns or something like that. That would be extremely beneficial to the New Orleans Saints. Look, I'm I'm not fully sold on the wide receiver room of the New Orleans Saints. A lot of the guys were hoping to stay healthy. A lot of the guys that were hoping that they can take that extra step from year one to year two. And a couple of guys are just kind of, you know, in limbo. You know, hopefully they can make the team. But a guy like Hunter Renfro, to me, would be a great addition to the New Orleans Saints. The next question I'm pretty sure that you have is, what do you give up for him? Like, what, what are you willing to sacrifice to acquire a guy of his talent? Well, to me, I think you may be looking at giving up maybe a fourth-round pick or, heck, even, you know, a, a player for a player here. You know, like some maybe like, I don't know, Paulson Adebo, uh, somebody like uh, of that magnitude in order for you to acquire a guy like Hunter Renfro. The question is, would you be willing to do that? I mean, you look at Paulson Adebo, yes, he had a down year last year, but he has a really good upside, and he's a smart, talented guy. And I would expect for him to be much better. I think that the ankle injury that he sustained uh, kind of affected him and his production uh, last season, even though, you know, that wasn't really talked about. We mostly focused on, you know, how he looked, but we weren't thinking about, you know, the injury that he sustained. You know, I guess when we look at a player being out there on the field, we think that he's healthy enough to play. But sometimes those guys are out there just giving it their all. So I'm not ready to write off a guy like Paulson Adebo in exchange for a guy like Hunter Winfro. But I would be willing to give up a fourth-round pick for a guy like Winfro who can come in, that can, you know, be a really good slot receiver and has that rapport with Derek Carr if, you, if you're into that type of stuff. But even if he didn't have that rapport, I still think that he would be a really good receiver uh, for the New Orleans Saints. So I'm looking at, like, a fourth-round pick. Um, I know some people are like, man, it's a fourth-round pick. But come on, man, give me a break. Like if, if a guy can give you instant production, I mean, in exchange for a fourth round pick, I mean, I guarantee you, you wouldn't miss it. Right. It's only a draft pick is only missed if a guy doesn't end up panning out to be everything the team needs him to be. So uh, should the Saints look into this? Absolutely. Do I feel like the Saints probably would be looking into this? Absolutely. I don't think that the Saints are content with the wide receiver room, even though we're looking at guys And we're trying to convince ourselves that we have enough. But as I said, the New Orleans Saints have been having issues with injuries over the last few years. And I don't want history to repeat itself. And we all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different results. If you become complacent, if you become complacent, then you may find yourself on the outside looking in. This is a this is shaping up to be a really tough division like i know that we we kind of scoff at some of these other teams but 
if you look, look at the strength of schedule of all the teams in the South, there's a chance that a lot of the a lot of these teams in the South could end up being uh, nine, ten win teams. So you got to make sure that you are doing everything that you can to stay ahead of the curve. Do not be content with just a bunch of guys in the locker room and hoping that a guy like Michael Thomas can stay healthy for you for the uh, duration of the season. You got to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to number one, make this wide receiver room competitive. Number two, making sure if somebody goes down, there's somebody to pick up that slack. And also number three, that some of these younger players are, are developing into those players that you need them to be. But I'm definitely on board with a guy like Hunter Winfro. I think he's talented and I, I think that he will be a great addition to the New Orleans Saints. And I think with that, if you're watching this and you're a Raiders fan, I think that's an indication of what the Raiders um, actually feel about the 2023 season. You know, the fact that they're bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the fact that you still got Devontae Adams out there, um, you know, as your number one receiver. But, you know, with the young defense that you have, uh, a lot of uncertainty with the team, you have to believe that the Raiders would be possibly uh, looking and to understanding that it might be a tough season to maybe acquire one of those uh, top quarterbacks that's coming out in 2024. I don't know if they'll be in the Caleb Williams sweet stakes. I mean, probably would be if you look at how the AFC West is. I expect for Denver to improve. I expect for Kansas City to still be there. I expect for the Chargers uh, to uh, step up. I expect J Justin Herbert to take that step. Uh, so this might be one of those seasons where the Raiders are, you know, trying to uh, – you know, figure everything out and maybe, you know, even be there in that top five picking where they can acquire the quarterback of the future. But let me go ahead and read some of your comments and then we'll talk a little bit about Saints OTAs. Uh, feel free to put the comments in the chat, uh, your questions uh, in the chat as well. Once again, if you're just following in, please hit the like button and also subscribe if you're new to the channel. Uh, let's go to uh, Hoodie Juke. Thank you very much for the 499. Says, who that TJ? Don't forget, Justin Fields going to drop 40 piece on our head this year. Thanks again for coming on the roundtable. Hoodie, thank you very much, man. Well, I don't see that happening. You know, uh, Justin Fields, I, I expect for him to be better, you know, but I don't expect for him to just to be in the MVP conversation. And for him to do something like that, that would probably involve him being in the MVP conversation. I mean, and I don't see that happening. Do I feel like he will be better? Yes. Um, do I feel like he will be one of the top quarterbacks in the NFC? No, I do not. I don't believe that at all. Uh, let's see. Uh, God-given wide receiver ability can catch the rock most of the time. Good, which of yards after catch, you can depend on him. I don't know about your wide receiver one, though, or wide receiver number two. Uh, look, I, I think that – look, I don't know if – you. You're, well, I know you're referring to Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. Look, I, I, look, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Both of these guys are capable of being top receivers. Right? We know Michael Thomas is capable. Like Michael Thomas' talent has never been in question. You never had to question Michael Thomas' ability and drive and determination when he's on the field. It's just the fact that he has been injured over the last couple of seasons, and that's the reason why we're having these conversations. But we all know in Michael Thomas as well, there's very few cornerbacks that can stop him from going over 100 yards and taking over a game. And also with Chris Olave, we've seen him uh, make some some big time catches. One catch in particular uh, was the game versus the Minnesota Vikings. 
you know, that put the Saints in, in field goal range to kick that field goal, which Will Lutz missed, which is, you know, I, I can't knock him for that. It was a 60-plus yard field goal. But the fact that Chris Olave showed that he can actually do that and also a couple games where he almost – you know, he almost went over 200 yards against the Carolina Panthers. Probably, you know, a few if it was a, a few catches that he could have made, he would have went over 200. And then also the game versus the Seattle Seahawks. I think that that was the game where, you know, he really stepped up. Unfortunately, he got knocked out of the game. So when you look at these two guys, you know, I'm talking to Lave and Thomas, you know that you have a, a really good one-two punch. Once again, it's all about attrition. You know, like can they – can they weather the storm? Can they be available for you? Hunter Renfro, you know, to me, would add on to an already talented wide receiver room if they're on the field at the same time. If they're not, then, you know, then we'll have another conversation. But the the talent that the New Orleans Saints have at receiver is not in question. It's just a matter of can these guys stay healthy throughout the entire season. Unfortunately, that has not been the case, especially when it comes uh, to a guy uh, like Mike T. Hey, they brought up uh, Lucas Crow in the interview. Green had a little smirk. Glad to see it. Uh, look, all I know is, you know, Lucas Crow, I mean, the guy came out of pit. He showed a lot of promise last season. Out of all of the tight ends, he was one of the best route runners, you know, but you, you would think that, you know, he can add on to what was missing, what allowed him to stay on the practice squad as long as he did. And, you know, you would think that he would develop as a blocker and, you know, and also, you know, add the pass catching dynamic and maybe, you know, be one of those guys where he can step in, uh, make some plays if somebody was to go down, you know, I, I'm happy for him. You know, like this is a testament. If, if Lucas Crow pans out, this is a testament to the scouting department of the New Orleans Saints, how they can go out here and find these diamonds in the rough and guys that can contribute. And the Saints have done this over the past few years. We've seen them bring in guys that were undrafted or a team doesn't feel like he fits their, their, their offensive defensive scheme, and they find these guys, and these guys become great assets to the team. So if Lucas Crow can can also be a part of that, that number, uh, I think that that would be great. You know, I, I like him a lot. You know, I, I think he's extremely talented. I don't think his talent was ever in question. I just think there was a few things that he needed to work on. And maybe this is the season where, you know, he makes it interesting. We'll see. Uh, that Willie Snead effect. Yeah, I mean, guys like Willie Snead, guys like Lance Moore, those guys were chain movers. They weren't the fastest guys in the world, even though sometimes Lance Moore, they, he can't get behind you. So so can Willie Snead. But those guys, you know, they were they were fundamentally sound. And, and sometimes you need that, right? You need a guy that's fundamentally sound. I, I know we love the, the stars, the guys that can go out there and just light it up. But, you know, you got to have some underneath guys as well when those wide receivers are being doubled, when the run, running back is getting so much attention. You know, you need those guys that can be able to slip through the cracks to make plays, right? We, and and we've, we've had that as Saints fans and guys like Lance Moore and Willie Sneed you know, and Robin Meacham, guys like that, right? Guys that can make plays when the number one receivers are being bracketed. So, you know, a guy like Winfro coming in, he definitely will be able to move the chains. And if 
Derek Carr and him can get hot, you know, he can take over a game. I've, I've watched games where Derek Carr and Humdra Renfro were, you know, looking like the best one-two punch in football. So I don't know if people understand how talented this, this guy is, but man, I'm telling you, this dude is like really, really good. And uh, if the Saints can acquire him, man, the the wide receiver room uh, would probably be one of the best it's, it's been in a very, very long time, pending injury. Pending injury, of course. But, you know, like I said, on paper, it will, it will be one of the best. He said he's in pain, but he said he loves y'all and keep them likes up. Um, I don't know. Who, who are we talking about here? Who, who's in pain? Who, who is in pain? What, what exactly happened? Hold on. Let me see. Uh, your family prayers to Chosen. He just got in the wreck. Uh, prayers for our brother. Oh, man. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. And Chosen... Um, Man, we praying for you, man. I'm sorry. It's hard to hit it. Yeah, that's a, that's unfortunate, man. I hope everything works out. Um, you know, you, you be back with us uh, soon, man. But the the most important thing is staying healthy and um, focusing on your health, man. But you know, but we are gonna keep you in your prayers, and we are gonna be here when you when you get back, brother. Uh, I think we good with the wide receivers we got now. Mm, I don't know, Jerry. Like. I don't I, I feel like I feel this way. Like, yeah, if you if you in hindsight, should we be content with the wide receivers we have? Yes, right? But we know that this can quickly turn into the Saints scrounging to see who who gonna step up in the game. Like we've seen this over the years. We've seen these the, over the last couple of years where we felt okay going into the season, like last year. We were content because the Saints drafted Olave. They brought in Jarvis Landry. And we didn't think in a million years that history will repeat itself with the injury to Michael Thomas, right, being out for an extended amount of time. But look where we were. And we had to find ourselves relying on guys like, no disrespect, Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway to carry the load. And that is a huge load for those guys to carry because they're underneath guys. It's fortunate that a guy like Rasheed Shaheed stepped up and he was able to make plays. And also Jawan Johnson uh, took that extra step as a tight end. But imagine if those some of those guys like Shahid didn't pan out, right? Or, you know, Jawan Johnson didn't take a step as a tight end. Then you really would be in trouble. So to me, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for bringing in guys, you know, I mean, loading it up and allowing training camp to kind of weed itself out. If you don't have what it takes, then there are 31 other teams that probably could use your services. But I'd rather have the the right guys and also the, the right receiver room if somebody was to go down, that somebody can step up. Now, there is a pecking order. There are levels to this, right? You, you have elite, talented guys, and you have guys that are borderline elite, and then you have the guys that are underneath, but at the same time, if their number is called, they're capable of making plays, right? I think the biggest issue has been for the Saints is offensively. They've always had one star wide receiver that demanded the ball probably 70, 80% of the time. Those were the horns. Those were the coastings of the world. Those were the Thomases. And then you have guys who are just skilled guys that are, probably good at one thing is rather they got the speed to take the top off the defense 
It's rather, you know, they got a big body where they can catch the ball in the middle of the field or, you know, they were good blocking on, on outside. And I just think that that has been the issue with the New Orleans Saints when it came down to it, especially in playoff appearances when everything kind of is nip and tuck, when teams are focusing on the things that can neutralize your team. When when the Saints got into the playoffs, teams knew that they needed to neutralize Michael Thomas. And if those guys like Traquan or the guys like Willie Sneed step up and they make plays, then it's just not our day. But we're not going to allow the best wide receiver to beat us. And I think that has been an issue with the New Orleans Saints. But if you get a bunch of guys in there that are capable of making plays, right? And if somebody was to go down, the guy is still capable of getting 100 yards. Then somebody tell me, what can a defense do? You can't double everybody. So if somebody getting hot that, that is not the number one receiver, then they have no choice but to roll some coverage his way. And if you're rolling coverage his way, that means that the number one receiver is probably going to be seeing more one-on-ones. And you know if you're the number one receiver, nine times out of ten, you have the capability of beating that. So I think that you have to be able to add guys that can do more things. Now, I'm not saying you, you don't want guys to be able to know how to block or, or take the top off the defense. You still need that for explosive plays. But we have to understand when you're talking about football, guys are going to get hurt. And you can't just have one guy and a bunch of guys that are just good at one particular thing. It's just not, it's just not going to work in your favor. You are, you are praying and hoping and, and, and just hope, you know, you're hoping that the number one receiver will be able to be there the entire season. But over the last few years, we've realized that that hasn't been the case. That hasn't been the case. So you, you have to be able to adapt to that, you know? You, you got to be able to adapt to it. You can't keep on doing the same things and, and expect things to change. You got to be able to change it up. Seems like to me we're turning into the New Orleans Raiders. It, it seems that way, right? It seems like <laughs> it seems like the New Orleans Saints are trying to go after Raiders players, but I think it has a lot to do with them trying to make Derek Carr comfortable, getting guys that he's familiar with to help him, right, to be able to make this adjustment I mean, what, he spent nine years with Oakland slash Las Vegas with the Raiders organization. Now he comes to another team, so you want to make sure that he's comfortable. Now, I, you know, it can't just be about guys, oh, man, I I just want him to be on my team. I, I don't want the Saints to treat this like an Aaron Rodgers situation, like them bringing in Randall Cobb and, you know, Alan Lazard and all that kind of stuff. Even though Alan Lazard signed before Aaron Rodgers, I'm pretty sure those two guys – had a conversation about them, you know, hooking up with the Jets, even though, you know, it probably was off the record. I don't want a situation like that because, I mean, you might back yourself into a corner. You want to accommodate your, your your star free agent, of course, to make things comfortable, but you don't want to just just turn this thing, you know, into a team that he, he once was with. You know, I, I think that you had some talented guys within the Raiders organization. Don't get me wrong. I think Jonathan Abram is talented. I think that Brian Edwards is talented. I think Derek Carr is talented. But, you know, things can be different, you know, on teams, right? You know what I mean? Just because you found success in one place don't mean that you're going to find success the other place. And I don't think that you should give guys opportunity after opportunity after opportunity because he he's the road dog of the, the, the star free agent that you want, you know? 
if it don't pan out, it just don't pan out. But, I mean, a, the guy like Hunter Renfro coming in is going to help your team get better. The addition of a guy like Derek Carr makes your offense better. So as long as they're bringing in guys that make the team better, I have no problem with that, right? If you just start bringing in guys who, I don't know, just always had dinner at uh, Derek Carr's house every Saturday before they they have a home game or something like that, like, man, miss me with that. But if a guy can come in and contribute, then I don't have a problem with it. Winfro coming in, I, I think he's a contributor. Brian Edwards coming in, I believe he's a contributor. Um, he's he's a really good possession receiver. So, you know, as long as those guys can contribute, I have no problem with that. No, even if they, you know, have been teammates in years past. While we're at it, how about uh, six uh, trading our entire team for five of the Raiders' entire team? Uh, <laughs> look, I don't, I don't know exactly. You know, I don't look. Like I said, if a guy can come in and contribute, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with a guy coming in as long as they can contribute, but I'm not a fan of a guy just coming in because he just your boy road buddy. Like Randall Cobb going to the Jets. Like God bless Randall Cobb, but his best days are behind him. And he would not be on the Jets team if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers. Plain and simple. Uh, it's better to have too much than not enough in any position. That's the truth. Because once again, those things have a way of working themselves out. Consider this every uh, play, they're always subbing, and when it happens, defenses are always off balance. So I agree, nothing like another starter uh, as a rotation. Yeah, I mean, look, we all know, you know, when it comes to the New Orleans Saints, I don't know how it is or how it was last year, but we know that the Saints have different personnel packages. They have more personnel packages than most teams. Most teams have maybe six or seven personnel packages. The Saints, can get up there to like 14, 15. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, Emmanuel Sanders talking about that. He's like, he never been on a team where they had so many different personnel packages. Now, I don't know if they condensed that down since Sean Payton left or is it the same way? I would hope that it's the same way since the same the guy that was with Sean Payton all those years is still here. So if you have all those different personnel changes, then you know the more that you can make things confusing for the defense, the better. Because the Raiders were not good. Yeah, I mean, just because the Raiders weren't good don't mean that the players weren't good. You know, sometimes, like, it's it just not the right fit. Coaches and players. Schemes and players, right? But, you know, you look at a guy like Winfro. I mean, we see that the guy's talented. You see a guy like Carr, we see the guy's talented. Jonathan Abram, you see this guy, guy's talented. Uh, You know, Brian Edwards, we, I mean, he's talented. So it, it's not like they just – look – I don't want people to think, oh, just because they played on a losing team makes them losers, right? I mean, don't doesn't mean that those guys can't play. Sometimes, you know, you just go to a bad spot that's not beneficial to you, and, you know, I don't feel like that should affect you as a player because sometimes guys go to different places, they find a scheme that, that that fits them, and they become really, really good, you know? And, and I don't think it's a coincidence that that happens. I just think that the team finds a way to you utilize them and they live up to their potential. So hopefully those guys that come in, the saints can find a scheme for them and they can live up to their potential and, you know, make, make some, make some really good money in the process. Uh, let's see, scroll down a little bit. Thank y'all for being here. Once again, please hit the like button. If you just here, 
Uh, we got 79 people watching this as of right now. It says, uh, don't forget to hit the like button. I appreciate that. Thank you. Because of our injuries, I guess we're having a conversation, like in the chat. Uh, says, son of God, uh, thank you very much for the 199. Says, if the Saints don't make the playoffs, is DA gone? I think I, I would have to think so. You know, I, I just think that based on the strength of schedule, based on everything that you were brought in, based on the fact that the Saints have given Dennis Allen the leeway, the green light to build the team in his his way and his image, I, I think you have to win. You know, I mean, what what can you sell the New Orleans Saints fan base if you don't make the playoffs? Like, how can the New Orleans Saints get, convince fans that Dennis Allen is the answer going forward? And I, I think about this, man, because – the reality is, if it don't pan out, then the Saints can possibly take a step back. Because rather you like Dennis Allen or not, you have to admit, the guy knows defense. And he's one of the best defensive minds in football. So for him to lose his job, all of that good defensive mind, the defensive mind that he has, that goes with him. Because I don't want anybody to think, oh, well, the Saints going to bring him in the office and be like, okay, we don't want you to be a head coach no more, but you can be the defensive coordinator. It just don't work like that. If it does not pan out at, with him being a head coach, he's going to be gone. And I'm pretty sure like as soon as that was to happen, somebody's going to call him up because they're going to want him to coach their defense. And that defense of that team is going to be really good. One thing you can't say about D.A., he knows what he's doing when it comes to defense. So, in a way, I want this thing to pan out because even, even though it, it's leaving a lot to be desired as of right now as we speak, the defense, you, you know for a fact that you can always count on to make plays. And then you will have to find yourself finding a defensive coordinator, hopefully that it pans out and you'll be able to be put in the right position. But – for real, like if something was to happen with Dennis Allen, I mean, all that all that good defensive uh, play, I think you might see a step back from it. Uh, so in a way, I hope that it, it can work out, you know, because I, I mean, at, at best, we know that we, the Saints going to have a really good defense because of him. Says uh, with Carr, an above average quarterback, the weapons will be utilized more effectively since Dalton held the offense down. I don't want to say uh, Dalton held the offense down. I just think that the offense was stagnant and it had a lot to do with the fact of uh, the guys that were available. Once again, it goes back to what I originally said. When you have one guy who demands the ball, who can do a multifacet of things, you're counting on that guy to be available every single game. What happens when that guy goes down? You're going to see a drop off. You, you, you can't expect Marquez Callaway to be Michael Thomas. You can't expect Traquan Smith to be Michael Thomas or Chris Olave, right? I mean, those guys are underneath guys. So to me, you got to be able to find guys that, that can do a multifacet of things once again, right? So when you just have a guy who is just good at taking the top of the defense, but you expect for him to run some routes like Michael Thomas was running, right? Running dig routes and, you know what I'm saying, and all these other different routes that you expect for him to run, but – the only thing that you've been asking him to do is basically run run nine routes, which is street routes or a deep post routes. Like, come on, man. Like, you're going to see 
a little bit of a drop off. And then on top of that, guys who just <laughs> you're asked to just go out there, okay, just run an out route. Right now, this guy has two cornerbacks on him being double covered. He was having issues with the probably the third best cornerback on the team. Now you are supposed to go one on one with the number one corner on the team. What do you think is going to happen? So I don't I don't want to just completely just blame Andy Dalton uh, and, and for the defensive woes. I mean, it was a combination of things. It was a combination of the wide receivers uh, not being good enough to be able to win their matchups consistently. I'm not saying that they trash. I'm just saying that they're, they weren't good enough to win their matchups consistently. Those are for the number one receivers of the world. And I just think that it's just wishful thinking to want a guy like Traquan Smith to go over 100 yards consistently. Or want a guy like Callaway to go over 100 yards consistently. Want a guy like Deontay Hardy to go over 100 yards consistently. I just think that that's wishful thinking. You want those guys to succeed. You want those guys to succeed, and, and most of us have psychologically programmed ourselves to believe that these guys can do this, right? Because we see them at practice, and we look at these highlight tapes, and we hear, you know, and we hear that they had really good practices. So all of a sudden, like in our minds, we're thinking that these guys are taking a step forward. Now, sometimes when you hear those reports, those guys are really taking a step forward, and it shows in their game, and it shows in their play, and it shows in their production, but for the most part, if I, I hear some positive reports, and once again, no disrespect to this dude, but if I hear positive reports about Traquan Smith having a great day at practice, I take that with a grain of salt because I've watched Traquan Smith for the last five years. I mean, go out there and basically just be out there, right? And, and Callaway, same thing, you know what I'm saying, when he was here. So I just think there's wishful thinking when you want a guy – you know, to go out there and be like Michael Thomas and get mad when a guy isn't Michael Thomas or he doesn't play like Michael Thomas. Back to what I was saying about Andy Dalton, I don't, I can't completely 100% blame him. It was a combination of the coaching, the play calling, the players that were available at the time, and, um, you know, their inability to be able to do some of the things that made the Saints offense efficient. So it was a combination of it, it wasn't just him alone. I, I can't just do that to him. I I, I know we want to, you know, look at Andy Dalton and 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 say he ain't it. I mean, but I, I can't completely one hundred percent blame him for all of the offensive issues. I don't even I don't even give him the majority of the I don't even give him the majority of blame. I I think that it is even kill. I think it's a a, a equal share of the pie when it comes to what happened in twenty twenty two when it comes to the offense. Uh, y'all think Tom is going to do good this year? We miss him on the field. Look, uh, once again, Sugar, it has nothing to do with Michael Thomas as a player. Like, if you're asking me, will Michael Thomas do good this season? Absolutely. Because anytime Michael Thomas is on the field and he's relatively healthy, we know what he can be as a receiver. It has never been an issue about Michael Thomas's production on the field. It has been the, the injuries that he has sustained over the last two and a half seasons that have prohibited him from going out here and building on that offensive player of the year campaign that he had in 2019. When he's on the field, we see that he's the best wide receiver out there. So it's a matter of him actually being available. So if you're asking me if Michael Thomas being healthy 
Would he be able to contribute and be the Michael Thomas that he has been in years past? Absolutely. Because he was actually on the cusp of actually doing it. Two touchdowns in week one. Then he added another one in week two versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So to me, yeah, uh, as long as he stays healthy, I think that he'll be fine. I think that the offense will be fine. But it's just a matter of him being available. You got to be available. Perfect example, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Carolina, uh, was going to ruin uh, this guy's career. Yeah, look, I, I look at, you know, Christian McCaffrey. I think that that was a breath of fresh air, him moving from Carolina to San Fran. Uh, the way that San Fran is structured, Kyle Shanahan does a really good job at scheming guys open, getting, giving playmakers space in order for them to make plays, and um, also, you know, adding – to the running back room. Right? In Carolina, Christian McCaffrey was the is-all and a be-all. Right? I don't think Carolina was really looking for other backs to be able to alleviate some of the pressure off of him, especially as he started to uh, you know, get injured and get nicked up consistently. And I think w with the San Francisco 49ers, we know that they're going to run a the football. They're, they're going to run a football with running backs or they're going to find different ways of using guys like Debo Samuels or even George Kittle in the backfield or something. They're, they're going to find a way to make sure that they run a football and be effective doing so. So with that, I think that it, it, it will save Christian McCaffrey some years on his career. I think he was extremely happy to leave Carolina. I, I think that he loved Carolina, but I think that he understood if he wanted to continue his career and have a few more years, add a few more years onto his career, he will have to leave because the way that they were actually structured in Carolina was not beneficial to him at all. Yeah, DA must be gone if he doesn't make the playoffs with this talented roster and really easy schedule. Now, yeah, schedule makers really did the Saints a favor if you're looking at what these teams have done in 2022. They've done them a favor. So, it's up to the New Orleans Saints to be able to build on uh, what the what the schedule makers did for them. They they got to make sure that they get the job done. And if he doesn't, there's not many excuses. The organization, or you know, some of the people that the organization relies on to keep the people at bay. You know, like you know, with articles and you know, and and, and fluff news. You know, like you know, you it's only so much that you can do, and it's only so many ways you can protect protect uh bad play you know and you know that, that's something that bothers me you know if i can get on my little tangent for a second it, it just really bothers me like when you know people don't call out you know stuff that is to be quite honestly bad you know i don't think that it's a knock on the organization you hate the organization i just think that sometimes you know some people have a tough time of calling it what it is i, I don't know why but, you know, shouts out to a, a very respectable uh, reporter that, you know, I had opportunity to talk to. And, I mean, he left something on my mind. I was just chopping it up with him, and um, I was just asking for his advice. And one thing he told me, he said, man, if you're expecting some of these organizations to really give you everything or how they feel about it, he said, it's just not going to happen. He said, that's why you have to, you know, rely on the real journalists. Or you have to be that real journalist to be able to speak out and be the man or the woman of the people. So, man, I, I you know, shouts out to that that reporter really put something on my mind. And uh, 
you know, I, I don't understand why people just don't call it for what it is, but you know, this is his last chance to me to be able to, to be able to really be looked at as a guy that could possibly do something with this team. Like if you can't do something this year, then a lot of Saints fans are not going to be interested in what the Saints are going to be doing going forward when he's here. Like, I think that the New Orleans Saints would organization would be naive for them to believe that if the Saints don't make the playoffs in 2023, they can just bring Dennis Allen back for another year and nobody would feel a certain way about it. I think you'll probably see uh, ticket sales uh, be affected. I feel like you'll you'll see interest in the team be affected. I think people will always have love for the team. And yeah, people are going to continue to watch because you're a fan. But people want to see results, right? And, and people want to feel like what they are invested in is worth the investment. So you have to do your part, right? You know, nobody, if, if somebody books an interview with you about an idea that they have and they bring a patent up and they try to demonstrate it and all of a sudden like sparks and everything start and, and it start catching on fire. Like, and you like, okay, I want you to invest in this. Are you going to seriously look at it and be like, man, you know what? Let me get 2000 of those. No, you're going to be like, uh, maybe come back when it works again. You know, we'll give you another shot or something, but you got to be able to, you got to be able to live up to your end and the saints got to do that. Because if they don't, then I feel like you're going to have some disgruntled fans and fans going to, you know, lose interest in coming to the games, you know, because that that's money. You know, that's money that they could put in their gas tank. That's money that they can put in their refrigerator. That's money they can they can wear, you know what I'm saying, like shoes or, or clothes or something like that. Like people make sacrifices. Now, you got some people that's well off that come to the game and they don't lose any sleep, but you you have some people that come to the game and they they're season ticket holders, and these people have real life issues, and they make sacrifices in order for them to do that. So, I think that they need to take that into consideration. Uh, who that TJ and the nation, Farouk, thank you for being here. Says, uh, I wish we could see uh, personnel packages uh, and the shuffling of players in and out, depending on situations like we did when Sean Payton was here. Yeah, look. There's some things offensively they definitely have to improve on. I think we all can agree to that. Um, definitely, uh, number one to me would be the uses of Alvin Kamara and how you're going to use him. Uh, getting back to the things that made him Alvin Kamara, not Earl Campbell or Jerome Bettis. Um, that's number one to me. Number two is, uh, you know, the the sophistication of the offense. You know, I just think that it was stagnant. Now, some people believe that the addition of Derek Carr being able to uh, do certain things at the line of scrimmage would be beneficial to the New Orleans Saints. I think that's part of it. I think that you also have to account for uh, the stability of the offensive line. Um, the offensive line play has not been up to snuff. It has not been what the New Orleans Saints needed to be over the last couple of years. Uh, name name offensive linemen you probably would say that they needed to improve. I don't care. Even my favorite player on the team, Ryan Ramchick. It, it starts with those things, right? It, we, I know we look at the offense and what they're doing and we want it to improve, but we have to look at everything. And um, to just think that, oh, we just bring some wide receivers in here and it's going to solve all the problems, it, it's not. You know, you can have as much talent as you want on a team, but if – 
you don't have the coordinators to get that talent out of the players or put the talent in position to make plays, then you're going to find yourself being disgruntled and frustrated just like you were in 2022. It's a it's a combination of things. It's not just players that we're talking about here, who that nation. It's not just uh, about coaching staff. It's a combination. The coaching staff have to make sure that they're putting the players in the best position to succeed, and the players have to take advantage of the opportunities when those opportunities present themselves. Like, we can talk about how Pete Carmichael called some of the games where he had Alvin Kamara running up the middle when the offensive line clearly wasn't pushing anybody on the defensive line back, right? And those defensive players was meeting Alvin Kamara as soon as he get the football, right? We can talk, and we also can talk about how Alvin Kamara had opportunities when lanes were open and, you know, you're fumbling a football or wide receivers wide open missing catches like Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. You know, like you got to call it for what it is. Like we can't pick and choose and just, you know, look at one particular thing and say, yeah, that's it and focus on that. But also ne- neglect the fact that over here this happened and it also affected it. So it's a combination to me. It's not just about Pete Carmichael. And it's not just about, to me, Dennis Allen. It's a combination of everything. You know, like all everybody has to step their game up. I'm pretty sure if you wanted to and you really did your due diligence, you can find games where each position is virtually responsible for the, the lack of consistency when it comes to the Saints offense last season. Only 19 points a game did this offense score. So... You know, it's a combination of things. When your your offense is that stagnant, when your offense is that stagnant, it's not just about the coaching. It's a a combination of things. With all the wide receivers in the room, why people still looking for a trade for one? I don't know. Because, uh, Cooley, because once again, it's not just about the talent inside of the room. You You have to think about the things that you have endured over the last couple of years. Like, you know, in a beautiful world, I'm pretty sure people were like Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, you know, Brian Edwards. And you know what I'm saying? Let's just roll with this thing, right? Or whatever wide receiver you order, you want to put in it, no matter plug and play. And we'd be like, okay, let's roll with it. But we did the same thing, right? 2022. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, let's run with it, right? 2021, man, we got Michael Thomas, man. Traquan Smith, if you can just catch about 30 passes, it will be straight. Didn't happen. So you can't just sit up here and just say, okay, man, we added James Washington. We had Because here's the thing. James Washington had a magical season a couple of years ago, but I don't know if you noticed, the guy's bounced around the league, and he has dealt with an injury that was very, very significant. So it's almost to me – like Hakeem Nicks, you know, like for, for the Giants. Like if you watch Hakeem Nicks, the wide receiver for the Giants, that boy was a beast. I mean, the dude had vice grip for hands. Like I want to say he had like a 2XL gloves, like something crazy like that. Like had real big mitts, you know, and he would catch everything. Then all of a sudden, like he started dealing, had knee injuries and ankle injuries. And next thing you know, he's bouncing around the league. There will be a time where the Saints will sign Akeem Nicks and be like, man, that is, boy, that is great right here, man. The Saints about to be some ballers. But as you can see, like when you start dealing with those injuries, you're not the player that you once was. James Washington, 
was a really good player, had a really good solid season for the Pittsburgh Steelers and was coming on as a player. But he deal, he did deal with an injury. And you know what I'm saying? How that injury is going to affect him? Is he going to be the player that he was going to emerge to be? Or is he just a jag right now due to the injury kind of making him take a step back? Brian Edwards. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He was a good possession receiver. And yes, you look at the highlight tape, yeah, he catch no 50-50 balls. And there are times when he looking like Dez Bryant or, or Michael Thomas in the red zone. But how consistent can you do that? What happens when you're getting more targets? Are you taking advantage of that? All right? Or, or it's just the fact that the Hunter Renfro is having a monster season, so we got to account for him. Henry Ruggs at the time, you know, like, man, we got to take we got to take account for his speed. Man, Brian Edwards did winning this one-on-one against a, a, a slot uh, corner that's probably like two, three inches shorter than he is. You know, so how how beneficial is it, okay, if we constantly put you out there, are you going to take advantage of the opportunities? Like, we can't just sit up here and just look at highlight tapes or just look at what guys did a couple of years ago and just think that we got this thing set in stone. I, I am not content. I don't care what the Saints say. On paper, it looks good. On paper, if you look at some of these guys and, and look at their track record, looks really good. But I'm asking myself, why are these guys on a scrap heap? Why is it so easy for you to attain these guys? Why did the team that they come from give up on them so quickly? You got to ask yourself those questions. Now, it could be, oh, man, the team made a dumb decision, or it could be this, the fact that the, scene, the, the team seen the writing on the wall and said, you know what? Maybe we just need to go ahead and cut our losses and maybe bring somebody else in because he probably plays good in the next couple of years. But around that time, that knee will probably start bothering him and he's not going to be the player that he once was. So when it's time for a contract, we're not going to pay him anyway. Some teams think like that. So bringing in more guys that can contribute. And let's not mention the biggest, the, the biggest topic or the biggest thing that you want going into 2023 competition you know competition breeds greatness competition is is what makes these teams these average teams good these good teams great if you just got a guy that just comes out there on the street and be like man you know what i'm gonna burn him i know i'm gonna burn him i know i'm better than him like think about this michael thomas comes to the saints training camp who on that who in that wide receiver room can can compete with him for that number one job seriously like as good as as good as chris Olave is i don't even think he's at that level right now but if you got some guys that can run some routes some guys that's catching these passes some of these guys that's out here taking the top off the defense you got some of these younger guys taking a step forward and they looking good you know what that's going to do that's going to make michael thomas step his game up a guy that's already ultra competitive it's going to make him step his game up if you're watching guys on a bubble like Traquan Smith, like you, you want to be on the Saints team? I know y'all may not be a fan of the dude, but you want to be on the team? You want to, you want to continue to be a New Orleans Saint? You got to step up and do what you have to do. You have to understand that competition is what's going to help the New Orleans Saints get out of this muddy water. It's going to help them get over this hump and this bumpy road that we have witnessed and watched over the last two and a half, three years. And having guys that just, you know, content with, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm out here. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be a part of the rotation. Ain't it? If you have competition, 
and you win. Right? It, it feels so much better because you earned it. So if you bring in a bunch of guys, they're competing, and you decide that, okay, man, I'm going to roll with these five or these six. They earned it. It's not nothing given to them. Nobody on this team, I don't care who it is. I don't care if you're the uh, starting offensive lineman. I don't care if you're starting linebacker. I don't care what you Nike, Nobody should come into camp feeling like their job can't be taken. I don't care if you are Cam Jordan. I don't care if you're Demario Davis. You got to earn your keep. And if you if you feel that comfortable, then I'm questioning the coaching staff. Earn your keep is is the the motto in 2023. It's the motto, man. You you got to earn your keep. When the season ends, do you keep AK or trade him? Depends. Depends on what direction you see the running back room going in. If Jamal Williams goes out there and have a monster season. And also uh, Kendry Miller, if he comes out there and he balls out, I mean, yeah, that's something that can be, you know, put on the table, you know, but I'm not looking to try to trade Alvin Kamara, but anybody that just think, oh man, is is out of the realm of possibility. I, I would say that you're sadly mistaken. I mean, if the Saints can get production from Williams and Miller, you know, and be able to uh, capitalize on some, some, you know, on trading Alvin Kamara, I think they would do it. Because you know Alvin Kamara at least going to bring you a second-round pick, second or third round, based on his production and how talented he is. And he's still he's still in his 20s, right? And in the right situation, we know what type of player he can be. Uh, Saints got to uh, get better quarterback, running back, and O.C., just to run game, the average yards per carry has been bad for a few years. Yeah, I mean, it's been bad because, you know, the offensive line has, has struggled. You know, and it is not the fact that the guys on the line aren't good. It's the fact that they ain't been available. Like, if if Ruiz comes back, then Eric McCoy is out. If Eric McCoy comes back, Ruiz is out. And then Pete is out. And, it's like you plugging and playing. Then you're getting guys from the street, and then you're expecting undrafted rookies, unproven guys to come in there and what be the great and and be like the Great Wall of Dallas or something like that with Larry Allen back in the day. Like all this stuff is just wishful thinking. There are guys on offensive lines are starters for a reason. You're a starter because you're better than the guy that's probably behind you, unless it's like completely political. But you're better than the guy who is backing you up. So if you see the guy that is that serves as a backup, more than likely he's probably going to get burnt or beat more times than not. That's just the way that it goes. But the offensive line has to improve, okay? So if the offensive line improves, then you'll see the running game improve. And that that that's the issue, you know? And also the way that you're what you're asking these running backs to do. You know, what are you asking the running backs to do? Are you asking them to do something <laughs> that doesn't fit their skill set or they could do it, but it's not in the best interest of the running back and he won't be as productive. Like theoretically, can Alvin Kamara run up the middle? Yes, he can. But does he need to be running up the middle consistently? I think we all can agree. Absolutely not. You know, he's good at with the, with the screens. He's he's good with the wheel routes. He's good with the angle routes, right? He's good at with the, with the stretch plays, you know, like those, those are his strengths. I mean, looking for Alvin Kamara, which 
they say that he's 210 pounds, which I don't believe. I, I think that he's probably remained like 200, 205, you ask me. Like, you ever seen him up close and in, you know, real time? Like, he does not look like he's 210 pounds. Like, and there, there's no way. I'm 213 pounds. You know, like, so you look at <laughs> you look at him, man, he, he does not look that way. He looks like he's probably like 200, 205. Uh, let's see. Uh, what's that pendant you're wearing, TJ? Thank you for the two dollars. This is a, a picture of me and Paxton. You know, uh, it was given to me uh, by my wife uh, on my first Father's Day. So, just something that's always near and dear to me. I always wear like they they uh, got it for me. So, yeah, it, it just uh, she took a picture when m- me and him uh, were asleep, and uh, she ended up like just turning into a chain. So it's just something that's near and dear to me. I don't, I don't ever take it off. So <laughs> let's see. Uh, good afternoon, TJ. What offense changes do you think we will see for Carmichael? I've heard we might see more spread plays. Look, I don't, to me, I don't even think you have to get all sophisticated with it. Look, I get it, right? It, there's nothing more great than watching an offense a efficient offense at work and watching the new Orleans saints over the last 15, 20 years, it has been the epitome of offensive efficiency, right? It is never like one thing you can say, like no matter how bad the defense was, no matter how bad the game was, you always knew that you were going to see some excitement from the saints offense Had a lot to do with who was the quarterback at the time Had a lot to do with who the coach was at the time, but those days are over. But I don't think the issue is the New Orleans Saints need to be running plays like, you know, <laughs> you know, like Andy Reid called for Pat Mahomes. I, I just think that it's about understanding who you have on a team, what their strengths are, and coming up with offensive concepts that fit that, right? And also not shying away from going with the hot hand. Like, for example, in the game versus the Bengals, we see Rashid Shaheed going to Jet Sweep, right? First play, he took it, you know, he took it to the house, right? But we didn't see him anymore. Why? Because to me, it was all about, man, let's just get this youngster a play in, right? Let's see what he does. To me, I feel like you, if you have a play for a guy, right? I think if it start working and you see that it's effective and, and, and he's and he's grinding and he's fighting and he's, you know, saying he's being a threat, then you should have a, a play sheet that's already designed for. I, I just feel like one thing about that I loved about Sean Payton is he was meticulous. He dotted the I's and crossed the T's. He had plays for for even if he wasn't going to call them, right? If if Willie Sneed was getting hot and he was getting open, he had plays for him, right? And you'll see, like, you know, the offense kind of, you know, getting him the ball a little bit more. If, uh, you know, somebody else gets hot, it's the same way. And I think that's what you need. You need to understand the strengths of these guys and call their number consistently. If Rasheed Shaheed takes a, a jet sweep to the house, I ain't saying, like, run the offense around him, but don't just take him out the game completely. By taking them out the game, it just really shows us as fans that you didn't really believe that this dude was going to be able to do what he did the first play. 
right? I mean, even if that's not the case, maybe, oh, it's not a part of the game plan. Well, make it that way, right? I mean, it's just that simple. If you're trying to win a game, if you're looking at how the defense is, is, is uh, you know, covering Thomas, covering Olave, and this guy is like winning a one-on-one matchup, like you can see this. So to me, like if you start doing things like that, I think you'll be fine. It's about over-preparing. And sometimes that might, you know, cause you to, you know, have to exhaust yourself, but it's the NFL. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't completely exhausted by the end of the season, your team probably stunk. You know, <laughs> so, you know, that that's my biggest issue. I don't think that the Saints have to reinvent the wheel. I just think that they need to cater to the strengths of the players that they have and understand it. Like, come on, man. Like, Alvin Kamara did not fall off a turnip truck. Like, you know, like he didn't fall off a cliff. Like, the plays that they were calling for him just wasn't working and it didn't fit his skill set. And also, another thing, you know, like how many screen passes did we see? Like the Saints used to live and die by the screen. We used to like kind of roll our eyes like, man, another screenplay? That's what we used to do. I mean, very little screenplay, very little offensive plays that made the Saints who they are were called last season. Now, a lot of that has to do with probably with injuries, but when the players that we are used to seeing, they'll make a certain type of play. Those plays weren't even called. I mean, it kind of questions what the heck are you doing as a play caller? You know, I I, I don't know. If, if the Saints were losing, but Alvin Kamara was still putting up that product that production, and and the Saints were running some of the plays that that made him special, then I don't think we would just get get that upset. We'd be like, man, at least my boy balled out. I mean, he looks like a, a mere shell of himself, and I, I think he it, it has very little to do with him. You know, and everything to do with how they're they're using them, and also you know the confident level. Like if you know that they want they're gonna they want to call a halfback dive straight up the gap, and you know for a fact that your offensive lineman gonna get blew back. You know what I'm saying, and get pushed back on you. Like how confident are you gonna be like running that play? I mean that's just human nature. You know, I mean that that's just how it works. Winston had every chance to be our franchise quarterback. He hurt every season out here. Yeah, I'm not going to go into that conversation. Look, Derek Carr is the quarterback, and that's it. You know, whatever happens with Winston, you know, hopefully, you know, everything, he bounced back and be able to have the career that he wants. Uh, P. Carmichael just kept running AK up the middle while running the ball. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. I didn't. I didn't understand that at all. You know, I, and I understand why. Same for Zach Bond, a pass rusher in college, but we never really got to see him blitz yet. Mostly, uh, he been on special teams and off ball. I think this might be the year where you actually see Zach Bond do some of that. I think that they the, now if if the Saints are smart, which I know they are defensively, I think that you you saw how effective Caden Ellis was in that role, and if you can actually you know, have somebody else that have that capability, you know, then I think that you can find some level of production with that. And then, you know, I mean, we know that Zach Bond can rush the passer. I mean, that's what he did really well at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, you know, he wasn't that linebacker that was around that thing chasing, you know, running back and covering guys like that. You know, he was a guy that they put his hand on the ground and rushed the passer. So if the Saints can actually use him in that 
and he can be effective in it, then I think that that would be a, another defensive weapon that the Saints can use, you know? Last year, in a nutshell, Latavius Murray, our best running back. Um, he had his best running back performance, you know, that I can think of last season. But, I mean, he was only here for, what, one game. So, to say that he, he was the best, I, I don't think that that's true. I think he had the best running back performance. But, um, you know, I just think that what, what the Saints were doing with Alvin Kamara wasn't beneficial to him or the offense. Uh, TJ, the Saints have never put Zach Bourne on the edge, not half the plays in his entire career as a Saint, which, you know, I don't understand. You know, I, I don't understand. You saw this, this guy and how he was used in college, and you're trying to make him be a stand-up linebacker. Like Some guys can make that. Some guys can make that adjustment and make that change, and then some guys, you know, you just got to see. Yeah, man, you, you got to see what you got. You know, you got to see what you have. And, you know, if it ain't working out, like, why not? And, and you also seen, once again, you seen by putting Caden Ellis in that position, it was effective. So maybe you need to do the same thing with Zach Bond. And maybe it will uh, pan out. Letting Latavius go was a mistake. We had old Wash Ingram replace him, and that didn't work. Well, it's not about uh, Latavius Murray, the Saints letting him go, right? It was the fact that Latavius Murray had an opportunity to have more of a starting role in Denver, and that's where he went, right? You know, like he wasn't, you know, they activated him off the practice squad, which was made it well within his rights that he can go somewhere else. A team can take him, you know, from them. And, uh, you know, his agent did a really good job because that's what agents are supposed to do. They're supposed to put their clients in the best position. They ain't looking at, oh, man, well, TJ said that Latavius Murray was an effective player for the Saints, and they need to keep him, so we're going to keep him. No, man, this man earned the right to go out there and get opportunity to be a starter, and I'm happy for him. And I like Latavius Murray. I think he's one of the most underrated running backs uh, in the league. I think everywhere he's been, he's been effective. And everywhere that he goes, man, his production matters. So, you know, I'm happy for him. And there's a reason why he's still on the team right now. You know, that's, that shows you the type of respect uh, that Sean Payton has for him. I remember Sean Payton was, like, in a interview, and he, he called Latavius Murray over singing his praises. We got stuck with Mark Ingram, a.k.a. Mr. Morning Show Zoom call guy. <laughs> well, look, I'm not going – I'm not just going – is showing Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram was a you know was a good New Orleans Saint player. I mean, Father Time is undefeated. Man, man is what thirty two years old. You know, that's a lot of wear and tear on your body between uh, playing running back uh, at Alabama, uh, being one of the featured backs in New Orleans all those years. You know, I mean, he's not a spring chicken anymore. So for us to expect for him just to be, you know. That that spring lively twenty year old running back he was when the Saints drafted him in two thousand eleven was just wishful thinking, you know. I, I'm always I always got respect for Mark Ingram, you know. I, I appreciate Mark Ingram and his contributions, and you know I, I'm pretty sure maybe a phone call or two a ring, but I think in reality, you know, I think that it's probably going to be you know if a mark. But the best thing about it is, I mean, he has so many other things he can be doing. I'm pretty sure he's going to transition to television because he's extremely 
uh, talented and, and entertaining. So definitely you're going to end up landing on the network. I mean, I've seen him on the NFL Network. He's doing stuff with Kay Adams. So, you know, I think he's had a really good career. He's definitely, you know, a, a Saints legend, if you ask me. No, I mean, I, I, I like Mark Ingram. I just think that we wanted to catch lightning in the bottle like we did in 2017, 2018 with the duo of AK and uh and Mark, you know, boom and zoom. But I mean, Father Time is undefeated, man. And and you try to hope that your body holds up, but it, it just didn't work out for him. Latavius Murray is on uh, the Buffalo Bills now, TJ. Uh smart teams uh do smart things. Well, that's you know I didn't realize that you know but if he is then that's great you know that's good for him he he deserves it I didn't think I didn't think that you know they were gonna move on from so but that's that's pretty you know I didn't realize that now when did that happen I didn't even realize he went to the Buffalo Bills I thought he was still with the Denver Broncos but you know yeah I think that's a smart decision I think he's gonna be a really good running back there you know you. Let's see uh, if is if Derek is looking good at OTAs. That's a good sign for our offense. Well, look, I, I take it with a grain of salt. Ain't nobody touching nobody. Ain't nobody trying to go after nobody. Ain't nobody putting no pressure on nobody. You know, so I mean, I'd rather wait for like training camp and see. You know, what I'm saying how how the offense is working. You know, it's one thing people just growing uh, passes with shorts and you know a jersey on, but let's just see what happens when a pass come on and. You know, the defense is trying to uh, get into his head, and and then we'll see. You know, I, I don't think you can really evaluate OTAs. Um, but speaking of which, uh, before we get up out of here, let's talk about OTAs. Let's talk about uh, what transpired on today. A couple things uh, happened. Uh, some new guy, some new numbers uh, were given out. Uh, Alante Taylor now wears number one. Rashid Shahid uh, um, has taken on the role of number 22 uh, from his number 89 uh jersey uh so it, i mean and then you also have some guys that were there um of course we mentioned Derek carr she shaheed uh chris alabe was out there i've seen traquan smith you have foster Mor- morrow um not monroe morrow uh, was out there um and that's a great thing i mean he was only a few days a few days a few months removed from being diagnosed with hopkins lymphoma so him being out there uh, is a, is is man is, is a really good look. He had Jawan Johnson out there, Lucas Crawl, but some guys uh were not there. I mean, some of the star players, Marshawn Lattimore wasn't there, Alvin Kamara uh was not there, uh Michael Thomas uh was not there, Ryan Ramchek was not there, Demario Davis wasn't there either. So I mean, it it was it wasn't like you know, it was mandatory. You know, like it was voluntary. So. I expect for those guys to be available. I expect for those guys to be ready to play. And, um, you know, I mean, when training camp comes, I expect for all those guys to be available. So that's, that's uh, you know, that's that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm not really putting too much stock in OTAs because, I mean, I don't really think you can see too much. You know, I, I'd rather see what he can do when the pass come on. But it was good to see a lot of those guys being out there and willing to uh, be a part of uh, voluntary OTAs. Uh, welcome to the State of Latavius Murray podcast, your host, TJ Jonah. <laughs> uh, word is Mike T will be ready for training camp. Well, I mean, he should be. He should be ready. 
Uh, Dane, Michael Thomas still rehabbing. He was out in the entire season for a toe. What the heck? Yeah, I mean, look, <clears throat> I don't like to be honest with you. Even if he was healthy and it was voluntary, I still don't feel like he'll show up. So uh, let's see. Uh, you got a new franchise quarterback and you don't come to training, uh, don't come to camp. What the heck? Uh, look, I, I look. I don't want it to be one of those situations where we trying to find something wrong. Like those guys are getting work in like just because they ain't out there on airline highway together. Don't mean that those guys aren't working together. Michael Thomas is one of those individuals that's kind of like private about some of the things that he do, the regiments that he do. Yeah. You'll see a video or two of him like running or something like that. But for the most part, a lot of stuff that he does is behind the scenes. And um, these, these guys have gotten together off the record uh, i'm sure you know so i wouldn't i wouldn't uh really put too much stock into that Debo, the guy who holds the record for most rushing yards all time as the new orleans saints uh mark ingram look guys have a shelf life you know like and you know it doesn't take away from the contributions that they they put forward mike t just had uh hardware removed from his foot so that's not great. Hopefully uh, he gets right. But the team seems like they're preparing for life without him. Well, you have to. You know, every last few seasons, you are, you have been living life without Michael Thomas. So, you know, you got to be prepared. Like you want him to be out there, but you can't just, you know, just focus on like, oh man, he's going to be there. You know, like you got to, you got to dot your I's and cross your T's, man. You got to do it. TJ, when are you going to put out your greatest hits? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, like I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm gonna ever put that out. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, of course, like all of their different parodies and and stuff like that are available for everybody. Uh, you know, on on the uh, State of Saints podcast YouTube channel says, uh, "What up, TJ? What's going on, Anthony?" Said Deuce was better than Mark to me uh shout out to him though well i mean look don't mean that he was terrible i mean and, and saying that deuce McAllister was better than him don't mean that that's not that's not a knock because a lot of people feel like deuce McAllister was the greatest saint running back of all time you know so there there's nothing there's nothing about that you know is is a knock you know i mean mark ingram was not trash you know mark ingram to me one of the best saints running backs of all time Mark Ingram to me was better than Reggie Bush. You know, like, you know, there's very few running backs that have come through the New Orleans Saints organization that were better than Mark Ingram, whether you like them or not. Uh, actually, uh, having hardware removes is not a setback or a negative. Folks just want to panic about everything. Well, look, I, I'm not one of those people that's just going to, you know, cry over spilled milk. Like, you got to be prepared. Like, if he you know, it's not a hundred percent. Like you got to make sure that you can accommodate, you know, uh, you know, for, you know, that lack of production, you know? So if you're upset or mad about that, I mean, look, it, it's all just the off season, like sitting up here trying to find storylines and trying to find reasons to get mad. Like why well, live life like that? You know, like I, I can't, I can't sit up here and panic about something that I, I don't know is going to happen or not. Right. I just think that if you're doing that, then you're kind of just setting yourself up for failure and not enjoying the process. Sometimes you just got to live in the now and um, thinking about what's going to happen or what will happen. 
is only going to just lead to more frustration and panic. And, uh, you know, when, when, if those things do occur, then let's talk about them. But if they have not occurred and have not shown themselves, then we basically just creating illusion. I mean, creating illustrations in our mind to get ourselves to panic. I, I'd rather not do that. I asked the same question three times. Thank you for letting me know you won't answer unless it's something you can talk a little trash about. I don't know exactly we talking about me or talking about somebody else. Or I, I don't know exactly what we talking about. Um, I, I don't know exactly what we saying here. Let's see. Uh, the most important storyline I'm ready for is Trevor Penning. Uh, he's a big X factor this year. So I'm really hoping uh, he'll get healthy and play well at left tackle for us. Haven't heard much on him this year yet. Well, I think he should be ready, man. You know, I mean, he had a little setback, uh, you know, this past season, I mean, he he was developing to being that 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 left tackle that we need him to be. Not expect for him to be him to be there. Uh, maybe Sean Payton is the reason Mike is so injury prone. He was ninety percent of our offense the year AK was hurt, so I don't know. Uh, then we uh, overused AK for the last years, and he stayed hurt. Uh, bad low management. Well, I mean, it's football. You know, like, and you're going to use the best players, right? So guys are going to get hurt. Uh, let's see, LOL, they always said uh, Mike will be back for training camp. LOL, y'all chill. Uh, now, uh, Tidra, uh, till, uh, uh, yes, TJU. Um, dude, I don't owe you nothing. You know, let's just make this, let me just say that. I appreciate you for being here, but I don't have to answer your questions. I don't. I don't have to answer your questions. And you have... We have over 100 people here right now. So I'm strolling down. So I'm sorry that, you know, I don't want to make you the focal point of the show or you want to be the focal point of the show. But, dude, if I don't see it, I don't see it. So I'm sorry, man. Like, that, I don't. what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, man? You know, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm not, like, bro. Some, some, man, some of y'all need to chill, man, for real. You know, I appreciate everybody for being here, but for some apparent reason, like people just feel like I'm morally obligated to answer your questions. Sometimes I don't see it, but it's not a it's not almost a, a, a day that goes by, or at least a week that goes by. Somebody, man, I don't know what I did to you, TJ. You did nothing to me. I didn't see it. <laughs> so if I don't answer your question, just put it in the chat and maybe I'll roll across it. But if you actually just see like as how fast this, this chat is actually going. You understand it, but man, I, I don't get it, man. Like seriously, like I, I'm should should I just completely like just stop, you know, stop doing shows live and maybe just give my opinion and keep it moving? Maybe we need to do that, you know, because apparently people get in their feelings about you know me not answering their question, you know. I mean, you know, I don't know. On that note, thank y'all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate it. Shouts out to everybody in the chat. Uh, also, shouts out to everybody listening, no matter where you are, wherever you may be. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel, youtube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. We got some previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Anchor FM, also a part of Megaphone. Check out the Gumbo Pie Sports podcast that's available. Also, uh, check out the website, gumbopiesports.com. And you can follow yours truly on Twitter at TJAY2. 
Jones 8. If I didn't answer your question, I apologize. I'm sorry. Uh, don't take it, you know, don't take it to heart. You know, um, I appreciate everybody's contributions, but I don't understand. Like, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it, man. I, I don't get it. I got love for every single person, but I'm not going to just sit up here and just dedicate and focus on one particular thing. If If I'm seeing comments on the line, then I'll read them. If I'm not seeing yours, I'm not seeing it. Just that simple. You know, you can, you know, nothing personal. It is what it is. But thank y'all so much. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that? Hey, don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. I'm good.